You're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. I know that uh, most of the men in here uh, today have just already been reveling in all the celebrations of how awesome they are. I was expecting a little bit more than that. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a day, I wrote someone earlier this morning, that it's a day mixed with uh, a bit of soberness and, and celebration. And I, this message this morning is a little bit hard-hitting, but I think it's, it's necessary. Um, I could have been light-hearted about it, and, and there, there'll be some light-hearted things probably, but that won't be my focus. My focus, and, and I, at, the risk of, um, at the risk of maybe just borderlining on boring you, which I will try not to do, uh, I'm going to give you uh, some stats. And the stats I don't want you to tune out on. I want, I'm, some of them you've heard. Uh, I'm sure of it. But I want you to hear them again because they are staggering. And men, um, whether you are a dad or not, you have a powerful role to play in the earth. And especially if you're a dad or a grandfather, you have a very powerful, in ways that we don't fully understand, I'm sure, um, of, of, of the significance of your role as, as God has planted you on this planet at this point place and this time. So uh, I hope this is challenging, and I hope it's affirming, and women, uh, you have a role to play. You have a role to play to, uh, to encourage, to uh, spur on, to pray for the men in your, in your life, whether it's your dad, your grandfather, your husband, your sons. Uh, we all have a significant role to play. So I want to read you a, a passage of scripture this morning. It comes out of the a book of Proverbs. Now, this is not an expositional sermon. I'm not going to be you know, exposing this particular text. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a text. It's a scripture. It uh, addresses some of the issue. Uh, let me just read it to you. It's, it's Proverbs chapter 23, starting at verse 22. Listen to your father. That's a good word right there. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. I'm gonna, I left out this verse. That's okay, guys. This might throw you off a little bit. But buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Listen to that. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The reason we have to seek that out is because we're not born with it. We're just a blank slate. And so what we put on there, what we put in there, is going to reveal itself, is going to manifest itself, so you have to seek it out. You don't know it. You don't know what it is, and so we have to seek it out and learn and, and, and get instructions and gain wisdom. Now back to the scripture, verse 24. The father of a righteous child. A righteous child is a child who does the right thing. Okay? That's what it is. It's a child that does the right thing. Uh, a father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and your mother rejoice. Let every parent say amen. I expect a little bit more than that. Thank you. 
May your father and your mother rejoice. And may she who gave you birth be joyful. So, this is the word of the Lord out of the book of Proverbs. And, um, of course, I left my stool over there. So, um, it doesn't matter how old you get. Thank you, sir. Kids need their dad. Now, please say amen, because it's just us in here, you know. Please engage me. Don't just look at me. Say amen, smile, uh, uh, say ouch. Uh, huh? You're smiling. I just can't see it. Okay, smile. I can tell by your eyes. So uh, it'll be helpful. It'll be helpful, and it'll be engaging, and you, and you, won't, you won't be nearly as quick to tune out. So, um, so no matter how old you no matter how old you are or no matter how old they are, children and, and, and uh, yeah, children need their dads. I need my dad, uh, thanks be to God. He's, he's still here. He, he'll, be, he'll be turning 88 this coming August. And he let me know that a few days ago. It was a little suggestion in there. Uh, his birthday's coming up. And uh, thank you, sir. <clears throat> so um, now... Kids need their moms and their dads. Okay, you guys got to help me now. I, I heard that, Amanda. When I say something that's true, just say amen. Okay, it'll help the atmosphere. If you agree with it, just say amen. You know, it, it, we're not going to be keeping score. You, you know, we're not going to do the men versus the women or anything like that. I'm, you're just trying to help me preach, okay? That's, that's what you're doing. So, so, but this is Father's Day. So most of my attention will be toward the fathers. But we know that, that mothers are indispensable. Uh, I, heard, I heard a psychologist say recently that if a child loses its mother uh, for whatever reason, either by death or abandonment or divorce or whatever it can be, it is, it is very difficult for a child to overcome that. If, if, a, if a child loses its father, uh, there are other, others that can come in and kind of try to make up for that. So we know that mothers are, are very, very important. Um, but it's very, very important. Uh, that, that kids need their dads. It's an interesting observation, and I've said this before more than once, that Mother's Day, maybe next to Christmas, is the highest attended church day in the year. And it's not even a Christian high and holy day, but it just shows the significance of how, how people feel about their moms. There's a real endearment, because you think about it, when you were born... I mean, your mother, you are completely dependent on your mom. I mean, she carried you, literally had to carry you. I mean, right there, exhibit A, right there in the back, right there, Miss Lakin, carrying the baby. The baby is, is completely dependent on her to feed, to carry, to move, to eat. I mean, just the only thing the baby can do is cry and sleep. <clears throat> can I get an amen? But cry and sleep. And uh, a couple other things, but we won't go there. So... Uh, uh, so, so it's just very important. So men, dads, grandfathers, your role is, 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 is incalculable, significant, and valuable in the earth. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see the faces of children when their dads are engaging them. Now, it is with anybody. It is with the mom. It is with an aunt and an uncle. But, but when the dad, there's something, and we're talking about dads, 
So when I say something like this, I'm not excluding anybody else. I'm just trying to point out how important it is that the dad, and so when a dad plays with his kids or, or is helping them, when he's telling them a story, my kids used to love it. When they were little, they'd crawl up on the bed and they'd want me to tell them a story. And I would have to just really stretch and just come up with another story. Or I may have told them a story that they really laughed at. And so they said, well, tell us that story. It was just a wonderful thing when they would crawl up on the bed and they just want to be, or, or read a story. A dad will get the kids up in the rocking chair or on the couch or on the bed and just read them a story or help them with their homework. Eh. That was a buzzer, you know. Uh, that, wasn't my, that wasn't my strong point for sure. Or, or as they get older, as they get older, you know, like in the teenage years and the young adult years and, then, and they're, they're, they're getting married, that they still need their dad and, and, and uh, uh, you know, the counseling on, on life and on love and on work and all these kinds of things and, 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 and mechanical kinds of things that, that dads can, can help with. But there have been and has, it has always been sin in the world. There has always been sin in the world, but at least in, in the West, for for a good part of that time, there was a Judaic Christian uh, morality that kind of shaped the culture. And kind of like, there's always been sin, there's always been brokenness, uh, there's always been uh, 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 evil in the world. But there was a certain sense in which the culture itself tried to support, I said tried to support, at least Judaic Christian kinds of, of, of foundational principles that come out of ancient history that uphold the culture. But it, particularly in the West, in Europe, and the United States, more recently, in the last, oh, I'll say maybe 50 years or so, there has been, almost, it seems like, and I, and I know it's demonic, but it seems like a concerted effort to try to rip out the underpinnings of the culture which sustain it and hold it up. I was thought maybe one man, a man right there would be helpful. So, um, and, and what has happened... And, and you, can, if you, you can just Google this. Don't do it right now, but you can just Google a lot of this information. But what, what a lot of has happened is it has taken dads away from the kids. And, and, and it's not good. It's not good at all. It, the, 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 what, the, the breakdown of, of the home in, in large measure, because the mother is so essential... Is, is just so essential that oftentimes the dads are put over here like on the second shelf and, uh, or he completely gone. And, and it's not good for anyone. It's not good for the culture. It's not good for the child. It's not good for the home. It's not good for the dad. Let me give you this stat. I know that you know this, but it's staggering. Like the, the fathers being absent from their children. It's, it's, it's not good. It is, not, it is rarely that it's a good thing. Even a bad dad. Even a bad dad. Now you could not Baghdad, as in Iraq. I was just said that to see if you were paying attention. Chuck, I, I see that. You, you, you got me. Um, even a dad that that's that's you know subpar is better than no dad, because by his very being, he adds to that child's well-being. Um, now I know circumstances where uh, you might could at least argue that it would be best that that child not be engaged with that particular man. I've heard of situations like that, but they're rare. In the black community, in the black community, the absence of the father is at a 70% level. That's staggering. It's, it's utterly staggering. And, and we see the outworkings of that in the culture. 
It is just staggering when a, particularly a young man, does not have his father at home. In the white community, it, it is right under 25%. And, and that's not good at all. There are two factors that, that generally uh, bring this to bear. One is the high divorce rate. The high divorce rate in the culture. And it doesn't matter what culture it is, what ethnic group it is. Uh, the high divorce rate that, that, that is in the culture uh, uh, by, plays into the breakdown of, of cultural structure. And then the second one is children born outside of marriage. When a child is born outside of marriage, he or she already has strikes against them. And I'll give you some information that will bear that up. Listen to this. Of the 75 million children, 75 million children, half of them live without their biological mom and dad. You think we're not going to be in trouble with that? That's going to wreak havoc in the culture. Just as time unfolds, when a son or a daughter grows up without their dad uh, and without their mom and dad together, it is very, very tough. It makes it very, very tough on everybody. Uh, 25 million children live in single-parent homes. Think about that. 25 million children live in single-parent homes. You have to tip your hat to a single parent, which is generally the mom, generally speaking, because, I mean, how in the world? I mean, I watch a mom who has a husband who tries to help her. I watch Lakin come in with a carrying a, a, a you know, Kinsley in one arm, a baby thing in this arm, two backpacks on her back, and I'm like, how? You know, I see the Hudsons, the Hudsons come in. We were thinking, we were talking about this last night. I see the Hudsons come in, and they got their four kids, and here's Hannah. William might be up here playing, you know, the violin. And here comes Hannah with four kids in tow. And I'm like, how do you survive? But you know, how do you do that? I mean, at this point, I'm past 30 years of age. That's the truth. I'm past 30 years of age. And I'm like, just watching one grandchild for a couple hours is, is I'm, I'm exhausted because they don't stop. They're here and they're there. They're into this. They're into that. They want to go there. They want to do this. And I'm like, but four, and they don't ever, there's nowhere for them to go. They're home. That's where they live. And there's no escape. And the mama just musters up and, and, and does it somehow by the grace of God. And, you know, that's why you have children when you're young. Because when you get about this age, it ain't happening. It, I mean, it, would, it, it literally probably would just take you out if you had to do what you did when you were 25. But God knew what he was doing. So an amen would be appropriate right there. Okay. So single, single parents, man, hats off to you. I'm, I'm, I, I, I wish you didn't have to do that. It's unfortunate you have to do that. Thank you for mustering up. Thank you for carrying the burden. I, I tip my hat to you. At least, at least you're doing what you're able to do. Uh, also, another thing, so you have divorce and you have children born outside of marriage without their moms and dads. You have single parents. But not only do you have that, but, but men themselves. Now, men, I need you to say some amens here, okay? Usually it's the women doing the talking and, and this and that and the other. So, so men, I need you to muster up, square your shoulders, and give me an amen or two here and there. I heard that. Just, 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 just a test. Just a test. 
men in particular and fathers are derided in our culture. Men and fathers are derided, and I, and I challenge you on this. Find me a TV program that shows a man in a positive light, or a hero light, or a, uh, a, a, a model figure. Almost in every single program. Now, you can find one, but I'm challenging you to find that one. But almost every single program, the man, the man or the father is a bumbling idiot. He's a bumbling idiot. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, here comes dad. You know, it's, it's not like fathers knows best, like in the 60s or early late 50s. It's like, the idiot, here he comes. You know, so, so the father doesn't have a positive role in, in the contemporary culture. Now, for sure, you and I both are familiar with the term deadbeat dad. And they exist. There are deadbeat dads. That means they don't carry the responsibility. They don't shoulder up under the responsibility that, that they took on by having a child. And they, they do not do their God-given role. They just, they just shirk responsibility. And uh, if you happen to be hearing this and you're in that category, muster up. Muster up. Square your shoulders and be the man God's called you to be. And make amends. There are, there are very, very important reasons why, why you need to do that. And, and if you're a man, then maybe you shouldn't need to be told, but uh, you might need to be told. Some fathers and mothers play an important role in the development of the child. Both can love and nurture. Mothers tend to, be the, the, to overflow into love and to overflow into nurture. Dads can do that too. Mothers just do that better. Biology tells us that. They'll use Paul's, Paul's argument. Nature itself teaches us some of these things. It's not to say a man can't love and nurture. Obviously, he can. But when I fell, when I, I just think back when I'm a little boy, if I ever fell, or the time I was sitting on the back porch and a mother hen comes walking across the backyard and me and my whole family are sitting on the back porch and here comes the mother hen walking across the backyard with about, I don't know, six or eight little biddies. You know what biddies are? I don't know what you call them here, but we call them biddies. They're little tiny chickens. They're as cute as they could be. And I thought, I want one. So no one said, Brent, don't do that. They maybe did say that, but I didn't hear them because I was really focused on the little tiny chicken. Well, the mother hen had another whole idea. So I go, I go to get, I, I didn't even get close. All of a sudden, that mother hen is in my face. And for years, and, and actually, if you came and looked at my face, don't do it. But if you could, you could look at my face. And for years and years and years, I had claw marks on my face, pits, where she, her, her, fortunately, I didn't lose an eye or something. She whipped in my face and just clawed me. And of course, I didn't get a chick. I ran away, screaming. But guess where I ran to? Mom. I ran to mom. Dad was probably laughing. You ain't going to do that again. But mom was like, oh, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I should have, you know, she's loving and nurturing. So, so dad would say, yeah, that, that was stupid. Don't do that anymore. The dad would do something like that. But a mother would be much more nurturing. But, but, a dad, but when a dad is involved in a child's life, listen, the cognitive development is heightened, is strengthened. When, when a dad is involved in his child's life, Regulating behavior, regulating behavior is more significant. What I mean by that is you let a dad get on the floor with, with his kid or get out on the park with his kid or play football with his kid. 
Now, what a dad will do is he'll get out there, and, and the mother will be sitting there like this, you know, afraid he's going to get hurt. But the dad will teach the kid how hard he can punch, how hard he can tackle, what not to say, uh, and, and what is equitable, or not, 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 not what is equitable, but what is appropriate in social behavior. A dad has a way of, in, of infusing that, inculcating that, and teaching that by the interaction between the mom and the dad. And dads are particularly good at that. Stimulating uh, and creating creative play that is safe. Not only that, when a, when a father is involved with his family, with his children, involved. Now, there's some men... See, now, I want to be really careful what I say because men, by who they are, by their very being, uh, exude, uh, live, uh, and carry with them a certain authority with who they are as a man. So it could be a very silent man, but who still carries himself in such a way so that there is great respect and honor to that man. There are some men who are much more vocal and they're, they're constantly saying, do this, don't do that, leave that alone, come over here, I want to show you this, I want to show you that. And they too, by their demeanor and by their character, uh, exact honor and reverence by who they are. But, but both men, <coughs> excuse me, uh, help create a healthy sense of identity and, and um, I'm sure I would like to say this, uh, a social interaction, that's not how I want to say it, social competence. What do we say about somebody? Like, um, like if they don't know how to behave in, in a public setting. What do you call that? There's another word I'm looking for. Social behavior. I can't think of the word I, I'm wanting right now, but what I mean is, is to appropriately how to behave in culture and in society. Uh, another story, and these stories tend to make my sermons long, and I apologize for that, but it helps make the point. Like, I decided when I was like 12 years old that I was done with saying yes, sir. I've told this story before, but it bears repeating to make the point. I decided I'm 12 years old, 12 or 13, uh, old enough to make that kind of decision, but not smart enough not to make that kind of decision. And there's a difference. And I decided around 13 years of age that I had said yes, sir, enough. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm a grown man. I'm 13 years old. So my dad says something to me, and I said, yeah, or uh-huh, or something like that. And it was like a response like, what, what, what did you say? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. He went, uh, that will be yes, sir. And I went, yeah, okay. It's like the mother hen had another idea. My dad had another idea. And I got the, y'all know what whoopings are? I got the whooping that has lasted 55 years. I literally, as a 13-year-old boy, thought I was going to die. I'm not kidding. But it was going to be decided in that house who was the boss and who was going to tell who what to say. And my dad was, was uh, you know, he was a generally quiet man, not real verbose, not real demonstrative, but he knew in that moment that that battle better be won and right now. And guess who won? After about a five-minute, seemed like an hour, whipping, uh, I decided to say, yes, sir. And it never was an issue from that day to this day. I learned that lesson. Um, 
So what, that's what I mean. So now it's very easy. I was sitting in a restaurant yesterday with a friend who I hadn't seen in years. We went to high school together, and uh, uh, we ran around as, as, as teenage boys, and he was in town uh, for a church event. And so he called me up. He said, if you can meet me, we'll go somewhere where it's safe. And uh, so, so I did. And um, um, and now I can't remember why I was going to tell you that story. It'll come to me in just a minute. Besides, it'll make my sermon long. Okay, so, all right, so let me give you some stats. This is real, you've heard this before probably, but I, I read it again this week, and I went, I got to share that again. It is powerful. This comes from uh, a study or research done by the Promise Keepers Group, so you don't hear so much about it anymore, and the Baptist Press. And this has to do with how, how men, listen to this, take a deep breath. I heard that in a video one time. Listen to the series, guys, and if you're listening to this online, uh, you're a dad, you're sitting at home, your wife has turned it on, you didn't turn it on, she turned it on, you're sitting there, she's saying, listen to this. So you're listening to this, because she told you that's what you need to do, and uh, uh, so you're sitting there listening to this, and I want, I, want to, I want you to hear these stats of how important, how significant your decisions and your role is as a man and as a father. Listen to this. If a father does not go to church, now going to church isn't a win-all, but it is a significant decision. <clears throat> if a father does not go to church, but his wife goes to church, one in 50, how many? One in 50 of the children will be a regular church attender when they get old. One in 50. That's if the wife goes, the dad doesn't go. Now, now watch this. If a father goes to worship regularly, even if the mom does not go, two-thirds of the children, and in this study, will still choose to go to church when they get older. That's, 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 now, just think about that. Now, that's not all. Watch this shift. When both parents go together, 72% of the children will follow suit as they get older. Notice when, when the two are doing it together, how stronger that influence is in the life of their children. So you need to do it together. The father and the mother need to be joined together because who you are and how you live and the decisions you make make a powerful impact on the life of your children. <clears throat> and there is nothing more valuable, absolutely nothing more valuable in your life than your children's lives. That was too quiet. It was too quiet. Listen to this. If the dad, let me see, wait, if the mom is the first to make a public confession of, of, of Christ in her life, 17% of the rest of the house will do that. 17%. It's not a million, it's not just a small little figure, it's significant. However, if the dad is the first to make a public confession, of Jesus, 90% of the rest of that house will make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, listen, now that's not me making something up. You can Google that, Promise Keepers, Baptist Press Research on the influence of dads in their homes. Now, men, if you're sitting at home and, and church is not important to you, and, you, and you, you know that you brought children into the world, and they have an eternal destiny, and you, by sitting on your haunches and not doing something about it, and not leading and not guiding, you're putting your family in jeopardy. 
It's too important. There is eternal consequences to these things. So a dad's impact on a child's life, and these stats kind of bear that out, is huge. It's incalculable. So I'm, I'm begging you, dads that are here in the building and dads that are listening to this wherever you are and whenever you happen to be listening to it, take your role seriously. Because it's not just children. I have talked to grown men who still get a tear in their eye that they did not have a close relationship with their dad. Or their dad was gone out of their life. Men who are upstanding, men who, are, who have persevered against all kinds of obstacles and have made something of their life, they still bear in their heart and in their mind and in their memory sorrow and pain from the absence of that dad in their life. It is but by the grace of God that they have made something of themselves and have overcome. It speaks to their character and who they are and their trust in God. And everyone that I can think of in this moment, all of them have trusted in God, which has went a long way of them not destroying their lives. Because children who do not have their dad in their life still have a sense of abandonment, a deep sense of hurt, and a deep sense of, if they're not careful, can give way to anger. I, I've got to just move quickly. I'll get these really fast. Listen, a child without his father is twice as likely to need psychological counseling as they get older. Twice as, twice as likely. They are more prone to suicidal thoughts. In fact, two-thirds of youth suicides come from kids who are separated from their dads. Think about that. Two-thirds. So that tells you there's a significant weight there. They are more likely to drop out of high school. You see, you see when, you're, when, a, when a young man in particular is in high school, most times his mom can't tell him what to do. He's bigger than she is. I remember, I remember when I was a rebellious teenage boy, and this breaks my heart to tell you this, but I was probably 16, and I did something stupid. I don't remember what I did. But my mom decided she was going to give me a spanking. But I told her she's not going to do that. Well, that didn't go very well. But it's still, it was me and her. And she said, uh, you come here. And I said, I'm not coming there. There was nothing she could do about that. So she had, a, I think she had a belt in her hand. She went to swipe my leg. I just grabbed hold of the belt. You're not doing that. One of the things, she wasn't stronger than I was. I could have easily just jerked it out of her hand. There was not a thing she could do about it. And it was the, now I'm talking about a, a rebellious, I wasn't, I wasn't militantly rebellious, but just stubborn. But even as a stubborn 16-year-old boy, there was enough of God in my mind. I wasn't saved, but enough of God environment in my mind and in my heart that I grabbed hold of that belt. I knew it wasn't right. And there wasn't a thing she could do about it except tell dad and there was something he could do about it. But I let go of the belt and I took my punishment. That was because I had 16 years of her prayers in Sunday school 
and preaching and revival and vacation Bible school and people like Jim, Perry, Chuck, when I was a little when I was a boy, who showed me the way. So even as an unsaved 16-year-old stubborn teenage boy, I let go of the belt and took my whipping that I just fully deserved. But if he doesn't have that, if she doesn't have that, he's going to grab hold of the belt and jerk it out of her hand. If it cuts her well enough, you shouldn't have tried to do it in the first place. Go outside the door and wreak havoc. Angry, hostile, rebellious. So they're more likely to drop out of high school, to get suspended, to get expelled, to do poorly on tests, and to make bad grades. So just think about it. They don't have their dads in their life. They are not being socialized uh, in a way from a dad's perspective and told how hard to punch and how hard not. That's too hard. Do not do that again. These kinds of coaching and these kinds of teaching. And to know what is, safe, what, what is a safe tackle and what is not a safe tackle, unless you're in the NFL. But even the NFL has heavy penalties. I got to move on. There's depressed academic performance. Listen, to this. there's another, I, I just saw this, I've never seen this one before. But, it, but it's striking to show how important a dad is in the life of a child. A father's absence in, 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 on a matter of scale depresses the academic performance, depresses the academic performance of a child more than poverty does. Now, I've never read this one before. I've never said this before. I've never read it before. And it was kind of striking. Because generally, people who come from, from affluent homes or homes outside of a, of a poverty level go to schools that are outside of that poverty level. And they, and they get the best of whatever that, that's, that's available in that particular school. However, children, now listen to this, children from low-income homes, living in a low-income environment, with two parents at home working together, outperform students from high-income homes with a single parent. Now, you can Google that, research it, but that's significant. Listen, a child growing up in a single home and without their dad are four times, four times. Now, there are all kinds of social economic things at play, but a child that grows up without his dad and living in a single-parent home is four times more likely to live a Life of poverty. It's staggering. They are twice as likely to be involved in criminal activity. They are many times, I don't know what the number is, many more times more likely to spend time in prison. Listen to this figure. 90%, that is, that's approaching close to 100%. It's not there, but it's way up there. 90% of homeless, runaway teenagers are from fatherless homes. 90%. Isn't that staggering? And then they become victimized, either through drug trafficking or gangs or prostitution or, or uh, um, <clears throat> uh, 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 
sex slave trade, and all kinds of things. So you can see that it's a big deal to have how important it is. I, I got to move on. And, and it's important for girls too. And I'll just make this uh, and then I'll bring it to a close. Girls, are, without their fathers around, are, I don't know what the percentage is, but far more likely to experience abuse, physical and sexual. Physical abuse and sexual abuse. They are more prone to promiscuity, to having children outside of marriage, to have rocky relationships, in and out of relationships, and to end up divorced and a number of times. Now let me let's say this. Now this, this is not popular. This is not culturally popular. This is, it's probably politically incorrect. But all homes are not equal. All homes are not equal. A single parent home is not equal to a mom and dad raising their children together. That child has an advantage. And let me say this. And I know I'm preaching the choir in here, but out there, I don't know who will hear this. But let me tell you something. And I mean it with all of my heart, with every fiber of my being. Once, now everybody here take a deep breath, because I want you to hear this too, because you, you're not done. You're not done until you, you're dead and you go on to heaven. Okay, and we pray to God that's, that's where you go. Once you get married, once when? When you get married, it ain't about you. Once you get married, it is not about you. Now hear that. If you're not married... Whoever, wherever you are, if you're not married, you better, you gotta, you gotta sink this anchor down deep. Because men and women are just completely different. We think different, we process life different, we have different values, we make different choices, we have different comfort levels, we communicate different, we do everything different. Somebody wrote a book one time, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. It's true. We're like come from different planets, different galaxies, and somehow we come together in one household. And if you are not trained, if you have not studied, if you are not sanctified, it's, it, that's why the divorce rate is above 50%, even in the church. It may have fallen less than that in recent, recent years. But it's deep and it's powerful. So once you get married, it is no longer about you. Because the marriage itself is the nurturing, sustaining, well-being, coaching, life, God's design for your home and for your family and for your children and for the church. And that's one reason why our, the church in, the, in America is just messed up. Because we operate out of the same values as the world does and our homes are just as broken, our divorce rate is almost just as high and we get those kinds of results and we wonder why. So once you get married, especially when that kid comes along, forget yourself. Get over it. Grow up. Bear up under it. I know, I know you thought for a year or two that you had the knight in shining armor. Let me just help you out on that. He's not. He's got a rusty handle. He's got a cracked pot. He's got one busted knee. But you... A black eye. <laughs> but you didn't give it to him. He's not. He's just a man. He's just a man with all kinds of flaws and weaknesses. 
But you made a covenant before God that you would love this man in sickness and in health. You're not accountable to yourself anymore. You're accountable to the world and to God who made the world. So it's not about you anymore. I don't care what you want. I don't care how you feel. And it's not just because I have an opinion about that. It's like this is the, the evidence is overwhelming, and I got to stop because. But it's just such a powerful thing. So let me just let me just end with the evidence enough to mull over. So let me go back to men. Men, there's at least five things I can give you that are that all start with P. You ready? It all starts with P. So, man, father, grandfather, potential father, husband. You are a protector. It is built into your DNA. It is built in, it is wired into who you are. Uh, and so it's just part of what you do. You are a protector. And this is a God-given, uh, innate uh, uh, drive, orientation. And, and that's not a bad thing. I and mean, what that is supposed to do is the world is a very mean place. The world is a very corrupt place. There is a live, active, malevolent force in the world to take your family and your children down. And the father, the father, particularly the father, stands as God the father to shield his family from that. And so you take, you take the blow of it. You take the force of it. You take the blunt of it so they don't have to. So you're a protector. Not only that, you're also a provider. Now, I know in this day, in this age, uh, women have, uh, I think they've busted the ceiling and are now either approaching or have busted through making more income than the average man. I think we're getting really close to that. But that still doesn't take away that you are the provider. There are things that you can provide as a man that no amount of money can provide. No amount of money can take the place of that. So you're a provider of things that God has, has wired you and protected you and and, and created you to be. I just got to move on with these things. Not only that, uh, most, most Protestant men have no concept of this, but you're also a priest before God for your family. So you represent God to your family. You do things for your family like Job did. He made a sacrifice to God just in case his family had sinned against God. Wasn't, he wasn't culpable of it. It wasn't what he did. He sacrificed for his family just in case they did. So sometimes we serve and we give in order that our children may be the recipients of our sacrifice. So not, and, and let me give you another one that you don't normally accept uh, uh, or, or maybe you've even heard. I don't think I've ever said this before. You're also a prophet in your home. Think about it. A protector, a provider, a priest, and a prophet. I'm not a prophet. It's like... Um, uh, um, I forget the, pro the, oh, the, min the minor prophet who said, I'm not a, oh, but I don't know who is it. I can't remember it right now. It slipped my mind, but you'll recognize it. I'm not a prophet, neither the son of the prophet, but, but in another sense, you absolutely are. And all I mean by that is that you're not a prophet in the sense of, this says the Lord, when you get 32, you're going to make $10 million and you're going to give me a million of it. Not that kind of prophet. A prophet, by far and away, speaks, this is what the Lord says. Like jo Joshua said to his family, I don't know what y'all are going to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can choose for yourself. But a, but a, but a prophet speaks to the culture. A, a dad speaking prophetically speaks to his children. If you go that route, that's a bad way. 
You need to choose this route. I'm just speaking what, from what the word of the Lord says. So he speaks to his family. And then finally, just to bring it to a close and give you some relief, a dad prays. A dad prays. So he's a protector, he's a provider, he's a priest, he's a prophet, and he proclaims the word of the Lord, and he prays. One of the most beautiful images of my dad I have in my mind is uh, the path out behind the house. It didn't matter where we lived, he developed a path out from behind the house. On, on any particular time of the day, it could be in the morning, it could be in the evening, it could be mid-afternoon, I would see him, and he would be partially blocked by the trees as he would go by, and he would be like this. And it might be 20, 30 yards, and he'd turn around just like this. I didn't hear him down in there. I just saw him. But I knew what he was doing. He was praying for me. He was praying for the church. He was praying for my brothers and sisters. He was praying probably about his job, about relationships, and all kinds of things that were on his heart. But probably more than those things, he was just communing with his God. Just spending that time with God. Men aren't given to a lot of words most times. It's kind of quiet creatures. I learned that women process life by talking about it. Men process life by thinking about it. So it is with prayer. So men, those are five qualities I hope that you'll take on seriously. Be the dad, the grandfather, the husband, the wife, the son, the uncle, and bear up under the privilege that God has given to you as a man. Let's stand, and you've been very, very patient. Preached longer than I intended. I always do, it seems like. <laughs> you guys won't appreciate this, but just to tell you how I brought a yellow card and a red card from the front seat. I was going to tell Vicki, when I get to 15 minutes, hold up the yellow card. And I would get to 20 minutes, hold up the red card. I forgot to even tell her the cards were laying there. So my aim was there, but I missed the mark. I'm just going to give a blessing. Lord Jesus, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. I pray today, oh God, that you will speak to us. And particularly, this is Father's Day and the men. And there'll be all kinds of messages preached today and videos made and pictures taken and pictures shared. Help us as men to be who you've made us to be, bearing the image of God for the sake of our world, for the sake of our country, for the sake of the church, for the sake of our home, and for the glory of God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. 
If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.